turn to 1 Corinthians 13. And it reads like this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Verse 5, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, and always perseveres. Amen. And when Paul was writing this, Paul was telling us in verse 1 that we can't operate in our spiritual gifts if we can't love. We can't. There's just no way. Love is just covers a multitude of everything. Amen. And, you know, how if you don't have love, how are you going to love the lost? How? If you, you know, if you can't forgive, how are you going to minister to your disciple to forgive? How can I tell my disciple, you need to forgive if I can't forgive? If I can't love, how am I going to tell her, you have to love? Love is the center of it all. Amen? And Sometimes we, you know, we could take that word love lightly. You know, we use it for a lot of things. Like I, I used it, I forgot today. I love this and I love that. You know, but love, do you truly love? Are you really loving? Or is it just a four-letter word? Like you hear all, you know, what is it? Uh, I don't know. They use the numbers, one, four, three, or whatever. It's just a four-letter word, right? But do you really actually mean it when you use it when you say it and in verse five that's what stuck out to me in this scripture here it keeps no record of wrongs and i'm going to talk to you ladies and girls because i think we're good at that we are so good at keeping record of wrong okay some men could too but i think we're we grammy awards for that right we're good at that you know, and I believe that there's someone here today, you know, I was praying, I was asking the Lord, and I believe that there's someone here today, you have a journal, you keep a journal of all your wrongs, and you still write in it of all your, you know, the wrongdoings, and she did this to me, and you know, and I'm going to tell you today, today is the day you get rid of that thing, because it's going to stumble you, it's going to keep you from growing, and so I challenge you, you know, to get rid of it. All it's doing is hindering you. All it's doing is keeping you 10 steps back. All it's doing is making you miserable and a bitter person because you just bring it out when, 
when you're miserable or you're angry, you just bring it out and you just start reading of all the hurts and all it's doing is surfacing everything and it's not allowing your heart to heal. And I'm not just talking to, you know, married couples, but I'm talking to the singles too. It's like that, you know, it's, it, this happens in marriages too, but also in singles, you guys hold a lot of stuff inside of you, anger and bitter, you know, but in Ephesians 4, 32, it's, it's be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Forgiving each other, just like Christ has forgiven you. Like, sometimes we forget where we came from, what we did, but yet he was a forgiving God. But yet, we can't forgive, but yet, yeah, God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive. You gotta learn to forgive. You gotta learn to forgive. It's time to forgive. You know, you need to remember that, you know, the sins that we came in with, he washed them all away. He gave us a new heart. But what's in your heart today? What are you still having in your heart? What do you need to release today to the Lord? What's in your heart? And, you know, as, as I was studying, and then I know some of you probably read this on Facebook, and... I'm using it today because I thought, oh, my gosh, what perfect, you know, it was perfect. And Felicia had put this on Facebook. And I don't know if some of you read it or not, but it read, it, the, the, the title was Turn Off the Scoreboard. And I'm going to read, it was, a, it was like a devotion, a quote, okay? And I'm going to read it to you. And, and it's just not for married couples, okay? It's, it's, for, it's for single, it's for everyone, Okay, because, you know, we all hold on to stuff. And it, was, it read like this. At his son's wedding reception, my friend Bob offered advice and encouragement to the newlyweds. In his speech, he told of a football coach in a nearby town who, when his team lost a game, he kept the losing score on the scoreboard all week just to remind the team of their failures. Well, that's a good thing, you know, for football strategy, right? But, but Bob wisely advised it's terrible strategy in a marriage. It's terrible strategy in life alone. Because sometimes that's what we do. We leave that score. Some of you have a scoreboard lit right now. Sometimes that's what we do. We leave the scoreboard lit, you know, of all, all wrongdoings. When your spouse upsets you or fails you in some way, don't keep drawing your attention to the failures. Don't keep drawing your attention to the scoreboard. Tell the person next to you, turn off that scoreboard, amen? Turn it off. Turn it off. You know, to me, it was like, what great advice, you know, it, the scripture is full of commands to love each other and overlook faults. You know, we are reminded that love keeps no records. You know, love keeps no records. And that was in verse, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 5. And then again, you know, and we should be ready to forgive one another just as Christ forgave us. And that was in Ephesians 4, 32. You know, and I had to learn, I had to learn to turn off my scoreboard 22 years ago. And I know most of you heard our testimony, and I'm not going to get deep into it. 
you know, but I'm here to tell you because if it wasn't for the Lord, if it wasn't for the love of God, and if it wasn't, I wouldn't be standing here today, you know, and just in a nutshell, I'm not going to get fully into it, but, you know, the first year of our marriage, like my husband always shares, was a good year. Eight years after that was horrible. When I, I mean, I was miserable. I began to hate him. I had already made up my mind that I was done. I was done being hurt. I was done, you know. I was done. I couldn't let it go. I kept letting it rehearse in my mind. I just, you know, I couldn't forgive. And I was going to divorce him and move on with my three kids, move on with my life. And it wasn't until he got saved, you know, and then and, and I'm just putting this in a nutshell, but I'm just saying, you know, we went through a whole lot, a whole lot in those eight years. And, and it wasn't until he got saved, you know, that the Lord began to do something in our life. And, I, and he'll share it, and I'm here to say it, Till this day, I don't know how he came back in my house. It was only by the grace of God because, like I said, I hated him. I didn't love him no more. I loved him as a person, but I wasn't in love anymore. Like, I was done. I was done. I was so hurt. And I don't know, you know, like I said, how it was the Lord. I know what it was because, like I said, he had fully surrendered to the Lord. He got involved in Bible studies. They were, he shares now, they were like praying for me. I think my picture was on a prayer board. He had the whole church praying for me. And I didn't know, of course, but prayer worked. Amen. So don't stop praying. Amen. Don't stop praying. If you're praying for your loved one, continue to pray. If you're praying for your children, continue to pray. If you're praying for your family, continue to pray. I'm blessed to have my sister here. One of my four sisters, she came and I'm blessed to have her here. She's serving the Lord, and I just thank God. So don't ever underestimate what God can do. Amen? And then, you know, I started to come to church. I started to come to church, but still had a hard heart. I was still, you know, hurt. Um, I was still bringing up my past hurts. Every time we got in an argument, ooh, I had a mouth like a truck driver. I can, I killed him 10 times with my mouth. And, you know, I was, I got ugly. I was like defensive. And so I was still, you know, defending myself, defending my hurts, you know. And, you know, but, you know, the Lord, of course, had to do a work in my life. And like I said, I was still bringing up past hurts. I had no trust at all. If he went to the store, you best believe I want to see every penny give me the receipt and there I was calculating that all the money was back because then you know he would little by little he would you know keep a dollar two dollars and then by the time you know he had enough to go do his thing but I made sure I counted everything I was a pro with my little calculator you know and that's how we lived and I'm I'm dead serious when I say this like I would be like where's the receipt I lost it oh no you didn't let me see the receipt I would be like 
okay, a gallon of milk costs this, you know, I'm serious, like that's how, because that was like me trying to guard my heart, you know, because it just happened over and over. He went through so many uh, secular programs and nothing worked, nothing, nothing worked. And so thousands of dollars, it was just, it was just, that's the way our life was. And I would say, you know, I would say about the first year of coming to church, um, I was doing everything the opposite of what this scripture was saying. I didn't love, um, I didn't love him, well, and, I, you know, I, did, I didn't trust, I didn't trust people. I really didn't. I was just like, you know, this is my distance. Um, I, I, what, what I, I, I stopped, um, uh, I didn't love, I didn't uh, um, trust, I stopped persevering, I wasn't patient, I wasn't kind, I wasn't, all of this that it's telling me to do, I was the total opposite, and I kept all records of wrong, trust me, but it wasn't until one day that Pastor Steve was preaching, and, and I know, how, how many of you have been, when pastors up here preaching, who told them? Somebody must have told them about me, right? That's how I felt that day, like, who told them about me? Who told them, you know, because I felt like pastor was preaching to me. And then, thank you, and then, and then he goes, you know, so after it was over, it was altar call, and I was sitting in my seat, and I remember battling, you know, and pastor was, you know, made the altar call, and I wouldn't get up, and he made another plead, and I was, like, dealing with myself, and and what he was saying, it, but his plead was, there's somebody out there that is holding on to hurt, holding on to something that's holding you down. You need to come to this altar, and you need to leave it here. You need to come. And I knew it was me. I knew that that's what I needed to do. And I wouldn't get out of my seat. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to. I don't want to go up there because I don't want people to come up to me. I don't want people to touch me, you know. And I was just like battling and battling. And finally, it was like, the Lord just said, you need to go. And I remember walking. And back then, this was 22 years ago, you know, we used to get on our knees at the altar. And I just remember going, and this was at Paradise Hall, and I just remember going to the altar and falling on my knees. And I just let it all out. I told God exactly what I was feeling, all my hurts, I didn't want to hold it no more. It's an ugly feeling when you're holding on to that unforgiveness. And I'm not, and I'm, and some of you may be here today that's holding on to unforgiveness, and it may not just be with your spouse, maybe with family members, whatever it is. But that's an ugly feeling when you're holding on to unforgiveness because it's like you can't move, you're paralyzed almost, like you're, you're stuck. And I just remember going and I just remember asking the Lord, take this from me. I don't want it no more. I'm tired. I was tired. And I remember altar was, you know, it was done, and I remember getting up. And I left it there until this day. I never picked it up. I'm so thankful that I never had to accuse, question. I left my trust in the Lord. I said, you know what, God, if you're telling me I need to leave it here, I'm going to leave it here. And I don't want to pick it up. I don't want to live that miserable life of questioning him and asking and unforgiveness and hurt and bitter. Everything, you know, I wanted to learn to love again. And that's what I asked the Lord. Let me learn to love again. And he did. 
he let me learn to love again. And like I said, you know, I began to allow the Lord to, uh, my heart was like a callus. And I just remember allowing, you know, allowing the Lord to chip away at my callus little by little, little by little, and began to bring healing in me. It began to allow me to learn to love again and to let people get close to me and let people in my life. Because sometimes it's hard, you know, you want, we want to get in your life to help you, but you don't allow us to get in your life. We got us, we're at a distance trying to get in there to help you get past your um, whatever you're going through, but sometimes you don't allow us to get in your life. You got to allow somebody. You got to learn to trust. You got to learn to trust. Come to one of the, the ministers. Come to one of the pastor's wives, a leader. Allow us to get you to, you know, of course, the Lord's, it's the Lord that's doing it, but he uses us to help you. Sometimes by our experience or just whatever it is, he, he speaks to us and he, you know, and we can be able to help you get past that. Amen. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't, it, you know, if I wasn't able to forgive or learn to love again, I would not be married today. And next week, we're making 30 years married. 30 years, and I'm just, like, so blessed. I am because it wasn't easy. And I'm not saying it was, it was peaches and cream because we went through a lot. We went through a lot. And... But I'm blessed, and if I just think, like, gosh, if I didn't allow and I gave up, I wouldn't be married, you know? I would be raising my children, you know, by myself. And, you know, my marriage ain't perfect. You know, we have our moments. You know, iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> and, yes, there are times that I don't like him, but I love him, you know? Come on, married couples, right? Don't act like you're, you're you know, come on, we all get like that. And yes, we argue, you know, and I'm going to be transparent. I remember one day Mondo came home and he was in children's church and this paper said um, that he wanted to pray for his parents because they argue. And I couldn't wait till he come, came home from school because I was like, I want to ask him, you know. Oh, I couldn't wait till he came home. And I was like, Pops, I said, I was reading your paper here, and it says, you know, to pray for mom and dad because we argue. He said, yeah, you guys always argue in the car. And I said, yeah, you're right, you know. And I <laughs> Because if you guys know me, I don't like my husband's driving. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. I mean, we argue because of his, you know, like, I'm like nervous. Oh, watch out, you know. Do you want to drive then? Well, just, just be careful. You know, we're back and forth and back and forth, right? And, and you know, and I'm going to tell you, you know, one time um, <laughs> we had just gotten married and we took a trip to Disneyland. And he's all, babe, we're going to go through the coast. And, you know, we're just going to, you know, it's going to be nice and we don't, we don't have to rush, you know. And we're going to take the coast all the way down. And we had this little blue pickup truck that was a stick, right? Okay, have you ever been on the coast? How many of you ever drove through the coast? Okay. So we're driving, right? And, you know, taking our time, going to, you know, Disneyland. Couldn't wait, but, you know, enjoying the way. Look, babe, he's well watching, and, the, and I'm, like, right here, and the water's right there. And he's driving, and he's well watching, okay? I, I was petrified. I'm like, no, like, until this day, he still sightsees. Oh, look at, you know. That's why we argue. That's why I'm like, I'm like so like, no, keep your eyes on the road. If you're, you know, you want to look, you look and I'll keep my eyes this way, you know. 
that's how it is, you know. And so, you know, I mean, that's, that's it, you know. I don't know if I'm the only panic driver, but, you know, I was scared. So last week, you know, we had to go over San Mateo Bridge, and I was the driver. And I'm like, okay, now it's my turn. And I got to confess, I guess that's a record of wrong that I need to let go, that I haven't let go yet. <laughs> because I was the driver, right? And I'm like, I went purposely to the far right lane. And we're going over the San Mateo Bridge. And I'm like, babe, look at that whale. Look at that whale. And, you know, so I was like trying to, even though there's no whale, but I was like trying to scare him, you know, like, Casey, okay, this is the feeling I felt. But at least you have a wall there. I didn't have anything, you know. But that's my record of wrong. I know that's one of them I still need to let go. But... I'll always remember that because I was so, so petrified. Right? So we can't keep no record of wrong, right? Tell your neighbor, love keeps no record of wrong. <laughs> you know, we need to learn to forgive. You know, we really do. You know, forgive as God forgives you. He doesn't keep score. You know, forgive your spouse. If you are still holding on to something from a long time ago, let it go. Why keep surfacing it? Let it go. Or even you, if you're, you know, some of you may be hurt with a family member, a loved one, let it go. Give it to God. Let him begin to do the healing in you. Because like I said, you're just going to continue to spin your wheels and spin your wheels, and be miserable, and spin your wheels, and, you know, and by you not learning to forgive and love, like the way love, God loves us, how can you go out there and love somebody? How can you go out there and love a lost soul? How can you go over there and minister to someone when you can't even love the person that you're sitting next to? Men, you got to learn to love. You got to learn to forgive. Forget it. The gossip that was said, you know, months ago, let it go. Let it go. Allow the Lord to begin to heal your heart. Allow him. Let this be the day that you leave it here. Let this be the day that you pick it up and you don't turn around and look at it again. Let this be your day, Valentine's Day, full of love. Let him fill your heart with love. God turns off the switchboard when we fail, right? He, you know, he doesn't simply forgive when we repent. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't simply forgive when we repent. He removes our sin as far the east is from the west. And that's what you need to do. You need to allow the Lord, just like he forgave us. He loves us unconditional. He's forgiven us of what we did. You need to allow that to take place in your life. Amen. And let me just go ahead and have you just close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray and, and end this. Amen.